All right, we got Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. Did I, wait, did I say it right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, it sounded strange when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, w- I was going to tell you off air, but then I was like, let me just wait and tell you on air because I want the listeners to understand when I have people on, I heed their advice. I listen. And A, I've been making sure every day to get out in the morning for my walk. Every day, like I make it a purpose to get, you know, a vitamin D. Good. And then B, I take my sunglasses off at times because you said, you know, get a little bit of sunlight in your eyes. And yeah, my wife always yells at me because I make too many changes at once. You know, I limited my caffeine, added some bone broth, been doing my walks, but my sleep is like crazy. I'm like asleep by 9, 9.30 and up at like 5 every day now. That's crazy. why you look so good, right? Like that younger makes sense. Than two weeks you ago. look younger. Yeah, like a decade younger, two weeks by looking at the sun. No, but seriously, it's good stuff. I'm glad you did that. It's, it's huge and overlooked by many people. Yeah, and you, you know, you just, you just feel good. I think there's definitely something about getting outdoors. Colorado right now, super crisp air. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we were wrapping up last time, we were kind of diving into mindset. And I know that's where we wanted to focus today. And I agree with you. Mindset, I think right now in 2020, and not just because of the crazy year we've had, but in general, it's like, it's a buzzword. Mm-hmm. So kick it off. What, what do you think the listeners should know about mindset and, and how can they start to take that journey? Because we often always think about health and, hey, let's work out. We don't mm-hmm. think about nutrition. We don't sleep think about sleep, stress, but mindset is right up there as well. Well, I want to kick back a question to you first, because I think there's two ways we can approach this conversation. One, as like coaches and trainers, do we want to talk about our personal relationship to mindset, or do we want to talk about how we can kind of communicate this value of mindset and the teaching of mindset to our clients? Because I think there's two ways we can kind of go about this discussion. We'll probably hit both, but I want to know what you're most interested in first. Well, I was going to say, don't you think you need to have control of your own before you help others. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. let's, let's go there. I love it. Well, I think and, I, and I'll approach this from the framework that we work with our clients, because I think it's going to be very relevant in a self-reflective way of how we think about our own mindset. As people who are very interested in health and fitness, we've started to realize that health is fundamental to everything we do in our lives. It's like we no longer think of our life over here and our health and fitness is over something here. It's kind of become one thing. It's just the, the operating system of I eat the right foods, I move my body, I do my productive work, this is how my life is. And so what I, one of the things we'd like to help people do early on is really make very clear and conscious neuro associations between how their behaviors around their nutrition and their exercise and their sleep and their recovery and their rhythms affects every single area of their lives. So we basically ask them like, how is your nutrition, sleep, exercise affecting areas that you don't maybe think um, of as intuitively? How is it affecting your ability to make money at your job? How is it affecting your feelings of connection in your relationships at home? How is it affecting your parenting? How is it affecting your ability to feel confident in your body? That one might be a little more obvious, but the idea here is to start to build a network web of relating 
this health and fitness stuff to all the other values that we care about. Because one of the main drivers that humans have is this driver of being consistent. When we create an identity, uh, we'd like to be consistent with that identity. So if we can tie that strong identity about health to all these different areas, it's a lot easier for us to be consistent. So this is something that we do, I guess, with our clients is when they come to us and they're like, we want to start a fitness program. We want to start eating healthier. Uh, first, we're like, okay, we'll pause. First off, let's investigate how your current relationship to these things is affecting every area of your life that you care about, both on the positive side and the negative side. And the idea is to get clarity, to make some of these connections conscious, conscious instead of unconscious, because a lot of guys at the Fit Father Project side of things find out that, man, actually, I didn't realize, and as we have some like mathematical engineering guys, that the fact that I'm eating like crap and I get tired every day from like noon to three, and that's costing me three hours of productivity a day at least. And I value my time at, let's say, $100 an hour. That's $300 a day I'm losing times seven days a week. Like, that's a lot of money. So there's lots of ways that people can get psychological leverage over this. But I think the first thing is starting to look at this life holistically and seeing how the maintenance of what I'm going to call this body vehicle relates to all different areas of life. And that creates a more consistent, holistic mindset. And then we can get into the, the nitty gritty of that from there. But I think that's really the foundation. So how would you recommend someone get started there because mm -hmm. that's really for like any program be it nutrition be it fitness the hard part is getting going yeah i think it's like literally pen paper get out a journal like it's probably the thing and to be like how and write down this question how is my how about this i would do this i would write down what are my top 10 values if you can only get five that's fine write down the top 10 things you care about the most they could be domains of life, like family, like career. They could be uh, virtues, like integrity, honesty, hard work. Write down all of those things. First off, I would list those. And the second thing I would write down is how are my current behaviors around nutrition, sleep, exercise affecting all of those areas? Even the ones that are a little softer and maybe more virtuous. Like how is my eating affecting my ability to feel like I'm in integrity might be an example for like some, some guys. So like clients more so than, than trainers that have this stuff a little more figured out. But a lot of our clients find that like, man, integrity and feeling like I'm following through with my word is a big thing for me. And now I'm realizing that the fact that I lie to myself all the time about XYZ around food or exercise, that starts to create some friction, some healthy friction, that now, because it's something that is made conscious, we can use this to propel us forward into new directions. So literally, it's like pen and paper. Let's get this stuff out of the abstract and journal and write this stuff down. Ultimately, what we do is for our clients is we take the next step and we have them take this after they've done their journaling, they've made the connections between these areas and how their health affects all of those, both positively and negatively. We have them write a mission statement. Like they print it out and they tape it all over their house so they're seeing it. So it's not just about showing up the box, doing the program or following the meal plan. There is this deeper architecture, this web of their both emotional and mental connection to this stuff that is underpinning their transformation. And I think that helps keep people a lot more accountable and helps them see the bigger picture. Because when you are late at night and maybe you're, you're going to turn to that crap food that you know you shouldn't eat, now there's a little more weight to that decision because it's not just, uh, you know, I can justify 
the, the calories or it's not that big a deal. I worked out earlier today. Now it's like, man, I'm making a decision that is running counter to my core values. Is this something that I really want to do? I think there's a lot more weight to that kind of, that kind of question. You hear a lot about understanding your values and I've done some value, I wouldn't call it games, but you know, done some drills in order to understand mine. For someone that's never done that, it's, it's a very vague term. How would you recommend they get started? How would you recommend they even know what to think about for their values? Here's the thing. It's like, this is, this is almost like a hilarious question to me because it, it could be rephrased. Let's take out the fancy words. Like, what do you care about and what drives you? Like, this is like definitely an introspective, I can't answer that for anyone. We can only answer that for ourselves. What do you care about and what drives you? And so what you care about, if you really don't have an answer that you haven't reflected enough to figure that out, it'll probably be the, if the things that you're spending the most time on. And it may not necessarily be positive stuff. If you're finding that you're checking Instagram 15 times a day to, uh, to see how many people liked your latest post, then maybe one of your values and the things you care about right now is how, how people perceive you. It's a very common one for many people. I know that's been one for me for a lot of years. So the point is to, to, to just figure out, ask yourself the question and write it down in a journal because it's sometimes easy to just maybe set a timer and write down these kinds of things. Whatever comes to mind, stream of consciousness, what do I care about? What do I value? And the litmus test is the things that you care about and value are thinking about you're dreaming about or you're investing time in. It's the stuff that's kind of constantly running in the backgrounds uh, of our minds and oftentimes is reinforced with our activity. And we must figure that stuff out because we're always going to be working and moving in the direction of staying consistent with our values or these core primal desires, if you want to call them in a different way. Um, and so we got to know what they are first because if we want to change, course, we first got to know where we've been moving. Um, or if we want to reinforce the course, it's like it really helps to know what do we actually care about in a more conscious way than allowing these things to kind of drive us more subconsciously. Yeah, I like that. And I think for a lot of people, they're going to realize, hey, my actions over the course of the day don't really align with my values. Like you mentioned, I check Instagram all day, but my value isn't, you know, other people's opinions or my value is and I didn't realize it. So I think that's really eye opening. So someone figures out their values, like you said, I think journaling is a great, a great start. When you, have, when you have people journaling, do you use prompts or do you just tell them to free flow? What's your, what's your journalistic style? Well, I think for this particular exercise, I think a prompt is really good. Like a very good open-ended question that is more of an identity level question. Like, what do I care about? What are my values? And then just free flow from there. Maybe even, and I think a nice way of it, because it would get intimidating if you're just starting with this stuff to see a blank page and you're like, I, dude, I don't know what to write. Set a timer for like four, three minutes, just a short amount of time and just write up until that three minutes. Free flow without judging. Because what we're trying to do here is access actually deeper layers of the mind. Um, because this, this whole aspect about mindset is really interesting because we really think of ourselves as just our conscious minds, meaning we're in this waking state of consciousness right now. We're interacting, we're doing stuff during the day, and we think of ourselves as our thoughts. But we have this whole subconscious mind that's running in the background that is a, 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 latent, a latent combination of all of our desires, our mental impressions, and these things are shaping and kind of bubbling up into our consciousness as thoughts. So we need to be able to get into like a free flow state where we just do no judgment of what we're writing, 
Just write down everything that comes to mind and give yourself permission to be brutally honest. Like the stuff, because oftentimes like the, what the stuff we care about is kind of like some more like stuff that we, we might not want to be honest with ourselves. Like, what do I care about? Maybe I care about like approval from the opposite sex, or maybe I care about getting more sex, or maybe I care about making more money, or maybe I care about doing these kinds of things. Like we have a lot of these, these desires that run us subconsciously. So we got to be honest and open with ourselves and give ourselves the ability to just let all that deeper stuff come to the surface. It might not happen the first time. It's a skill that takes a little more practice, but I, I think this is a work that if you do it, you get to know yourself on a deeper level. Or you get to be more honest with yourself, the aspects of yourself that you already knew, but weren't necessarily making more aware. And when things become aware, you, you become free. And what I mean because you're free, you can choose a new path. It's not that the things you care about right now are what you're necessarily going to care about in the future. And it's not that the things you care about now or your quote unquote values are you at a fundamental level. They're just things that are running you right now and things that you're attached to. So we got to make this stuff, uh, basically, we got to add awareness to it. And that's why I think the journaling tool is really cool. Another thing that could be helpful too is not enough people talk about the value of dreams. Um, and, and not to go too woo-woo on you here, but like, look, when we, our life experience is not just this waking state of consciousness. We also sleep, right? And where we, we have no, no conscious awareness in deep sleep. And then we also have this dreaming state where we have mental activity. What, what is the stuff that comes up in our dreams? Well, it's, it's typically stuff we saw during the day. You saw a yellow school bus, it comes up in your dream. Or it's stuff that you're really thinking about a lot or you have big desires of. That stuff comes up in your dreams. So there's a lot of cultures all throughout history that have put a big emphasis on, on paying attention to their dreams as equal weight to what's happening in their normal waking lives and they do dream journals in the morning. That's another cool thing you could explore too because if you have recurring dreams about stuff, it's obviously like a mental impression that is saying that this on a deep subconscious level, this is something you care about. So that could be another place to look as well. So you mentioned following up in the morning. Do you recommend people keep a journal near them specifically for dreams or they do something in the middle of the night? Yes, I would say when you wake up in the morning, because we're often getting that REM sleep when we are dreaming early in the, like right before we wake up is when we get most REM sleep. We're getting more deeper sleep, like throughout the, the middle parts of the night. And then we start to have more REM. That's why a lot of times we, we have, we feel like we were vividly dreaming right before we wake up. It's just how the sleep cycle kind of works. So a good trick is to basically start working on remembering your last dreams right when you got up. Um, because when you do get up, like two things can kind of happen. One, you get up and then immediately your mind starts thinking about, okay, what is, what do I need to do? Or starting the automatic routine that you have in the morning or starting the engagement of the, of the, the kind of brain state that's like moving forward into the action of the day. But you can also pause for a few minutes and see if you can practice recollecting those dreams. There is a whole school of this stuff. You can go down the rabbit hole of people who are really into lucid dreaming and looking into like remembering their dreams. But I would say just create the conscious, conscious intention in the morning to try to remember what you dreamed about. Sometimes they're vivid, sometimes they're not. But if you do this more often than not, you will learn. And I think there's valuable insight to gain from that. But you can also access these same things through a journaling kind of activity as well. I, I know they're not necessarily synonymous with one another but i think when a lot of people consider mindset they think of morning and morning routine mm. do you think you can have one without the other or do you think really to maximize your your mindset it needs to be a in the morning or you know b at a quiet time what's your opinion on that okay so we'll define what that mindset kind of word means to most people at least in this context 
I think when people say mindset, like the way you just used it, they mean this, this generally positive, productive way of being, thinking, and believing that helps you go achieve things. So it's, a, it's kind of like a state of being that feels positive or like confident. Like you can, you have a good mindset that you feel like you can do stuff, but it's also like what your beliefs, your beliefs are about things. So which, which in, influence how you feel about them. If you believe you can, can, you can succeed at something or that you believe you can lose weight and improve, you feel motivated. If you don't, you don't. So if that is the case, the morning is a very unique time in that it enables us to create the environment in the mind to make that state more likely later in the day. It's kind of like creating the fertile soil in the morning, like making sure there's good soil so that the stuff that sprouts later in the day as the busyness comes is healthier and better. And, I, and this is the case. Like if I woke you up every single morning with like a half gallon of cold water and I slapped you in the face and that was your first wake up into the day, um, and you would have the startle response. You'd be probably a little pissed off at me. You wouldn't even understand why. You maybe want to fight me. Like whatever these things are, like that would create the soil of a mindset that would be more reactive, more high alert, uh, maybe a little fearful and twitchy, and also maybe a little pissed off. So I think the morning is important um, as a time to lay down the fertile soil. Uh, and, and, and I think the biggest thing when it comes down to a healthy mindset is helping us live in a way that is proactive instead of reactive. When we feel the worst, it is when we feel like we're a victim to all the things that are happening and we're not actually moving forward with intention on the things we care about. That is the push notification life. We wake up. We see that first email come through on that thing that now we have another problem on there. Oh, and then our kids need breakfast. Oh, and then something else happened and we found that we have a flat tire in the car. These are all reactive things. So the beautiful thing about morning routine is it gives you the chance to uh, create that fertile, healthy soil for the healthier mindset later in the day by being intentional with a few things, choosing a few things before the busyness starts because then you've kind of exerted control. I love this. Uh, there was like a famous Navy SEAL commander that basically said the most important thing you can do every day is make your bed. You know, because oh, yeah, it's a great book. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Make your bed, make your bed. And I think there's other, a lot of other guys like Jordan Peterson, who've, who've talked a lot about this, but it's like you wake up in the morning and you do one thing first thing in the morning that is a completed action that you chose that creates more like order and productive stuff. So it's not about making your bed. It's about the fact that you did something proactively that is good for you before the busyness of the day took over. So I don't think morning routines need to be long, but I think that people who typically would say they have a quote unquote positive mindset tend to do things in the morning that are good for their bodies, their minds, and their spirits. And they have some kind of rhythm to that. It can go and look many different ways. I'd be happy to share the one that I've kind of stumbled on myself, but yeah, overall, um, I think they are kind of like synonymous in a way. Like, I don't know if you can have a really healthy mindset without doing some good stuff early in the day. I, at least I haven't met someone that really has it on a, on a long-term basis done that. No, I firmly agree with you. I love, you know, like we discussed, whether it's my morning walk, I, I tend to, it's my chill time. I read, I, I drink some coffee. What, you mentioned you, what, what's yours look like? Mm. Well, first thing I do, I get up and I do make my bed because <laughs> actually I thought that was really impactful. Um, and then I immediately rehydrate a uh, little bit of water, 
pink Himalayan sea salt, some trace minerals, and some these curcumin drops that I have as I've been using those lately. Um, I'll go take a morning walk uh, with my dog. I'll get some sunshine on my skin, my eyes. Although right now with the winter, like not as much sun as early as I get up, but I'll still walk outside just for the fresh air. I'll meditate and I'll stretch first, do a little stretching mobility stuff, and I'll meditate for uh, several minutes. And I do all of this before I eat. Um, and so whether or not someone intermittent fasts or has breakfast early in the morning, I think it is a good idea to do your whole morning routine before that first thing that you look forward to in the day, whether it's that first cup of coffee or whether it is that, you know, the breakfast that you have, it's good in my opinion, in my experience to let that be like the anchor of the reward at the end of, of your morning routine. Cause you're, you're probably less excited to like, do your, do your mobility routine and do your meditation, do your journaling than you are to maybe have that delicious cup of coffee or to like have that breakfast smoothie or whatever you have. So let that be the reward that kind of closes that habit loop. You need something that kind of kickstarts you in the morning. And I think the best way to kind of start that morning routine is by moving your body in some way. We got to get the lymphatic fluid going. It's good to get outside and breathe. So you're breathing through your nose and even just bouncing around. I think I used to use a rebound tramp trampoline for a little bit, but the morning walks what I'm doing now, but something to move your body even for five minutes is like so helpful for getting some energy into the body to get you motivated to be like, Oh yeah, I am feeling good to, to journal and to meditate or do all the other things that are a part of the routine. And then saving that first thing that you're ingesting that you really love, be that the coffee or be that your tea or be that the breakfast uh, for the end of it, I think is a good idea. I like that. You know, it's, it's almost a reward for successfully. Yes, exactly. And it, and it makes you want to do the morning routine because I think that is a challenge. As much as we know it's good for you, sometimes it's easier to want to just sit down and drink coffee or eat breakfast or check Instagram or whatever it is. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think for me, what works is, I, I didn't ever think about it this way, but like you said, it's just the way I treat the rest of the day. I don't feel like I'm constantly on the defense. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've started calm. I feel like I've started in a really chill way. So it's a little bit easier for me to deal with the stressors that come up mm -hmm. throughout the day. Two things then to, to plus on that, because I think you're exactly right. One, I personally keep my phone on airplane mode, like no notifications until the morning routine is done. So it's good because if your phone is on and the first thing that comes up, you're starting to get texts, man, each one of those is like, it's about to suck you into that whole hole or email notifications or social media things. So phone away during that, um, I think is a really important thing. Yeah. And I, and I love the idea of anchoring that with a, a tangible reward. I think that's, I only had one point there. So yeah. Overall, I, very, very important stuff. And I think the evening routine is equally valuable, especially if you start respecting your sleep as something that's a little bit more than just the time that you wait and that you know is good for your body until you wake up the next day to get active again. Um, and this is where I think even, well, actually I had one more point. I just remember, let me loop back before I get into sleep. One obstacle I've personally found in the past with these routines is if you make like your perfect morning routine, the thing that takes the full hour, the full 90 minutes or whatever it is, and then you have a busy day, like that routine is really fragile because if it requires that exact amount of time, you're in trouble. Like what if you don't have that amount of time every single day? Well, you're not going to get it in or you're going to feel a lot of friction resistance. So it's a really good idea to make your routine kind of like 
fractal in a way where you know the things that you want to get done, a little bit of body movement, a little bit of rehydration, a little bit of meditation, or whatever those things are for you. But let's say those are your three things. That routine can be scaled up to an hour, or it could even be scaled down to like five minutes or six minutes. It could be two minutes of each of these things. But the key thing is, even doing six minutes of a morning routine, if you only have 10 minutes to do it on a particular day, is a million times better than skipping it all together. This stuff is about consistency and creating rhythms and structure for you to kind of hang your mindset on. So it's like, don't miss days. And the way you don't miss days is you have like a micro version of your routine in case there is a busy circumstance where you can always get it in. So I think that is a valuable idea. Yeah, I think that's a mistake I see a lot of people. And that goes for so many things. That's kind of a lesson that I've learned over the years different times in my life, it's different things, but meditation's a great one. Like right now I do TM 20 mm-hmm. minutes a day. Nice. And I'm pretty good about it, but it's like, okay, if I can't get my 20 minutes, the alternative is zero. <laughs> We're like, no, there's like at least 19 other options in yeah. there, you know? And I think the same holds true for exercise. Like, oh, I can't get my walk in my normal loop, go outside and walk to the end of the block and back, you know, can't yeah. get yoga in. Do, do a five minute sun salutation. You know, there's so yep. many, there's so many things. So we talk a lot about morning. I think a lot of people don't put emphasis on evening Me, myself being one, you know, my evening routine is like Netflix and chill yeah. with some pork rinds. What, yeah. uh, what would you, where would you <laughs> recommend people get started there? Well, first off, that sounds awesome. Um, no, but really, <laughs> I um, watched a documentary on monopoly last night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the important stuff, right? I love it. So, um, you know, I think that, well, first off, I, I do think it's a good idea at the end of everyone's day to have a certain amount of time where it's really just like what we, what many people would say is like non-productive Netflix and chill out time. In my opinion, that is super productive because we do need these pressure release valves, these like dedicated times to spend with our significant others, our families doing those kinds of things. Um, and I think that's separate than your evening routine. And the evening routine needs to be like pretty, pretty short, but it needs to happen after that. So one, I think I want to reframe the idea of like that stuff's bad. I think that stuff's super good. I consider my guy that works, uh, I, myself a guy that works a lot and is very productive, but like I make sure that time happens because otherwise you're just going to run yourself ragged. You know, you need to do that stuff. Number two um, is what I think is important with an evening routine is as follows. One not eating too late. And I, and I'm not, I'm going to say this with a caveat because I know a lot of people listening to this know a lot about nutrition and I'm not saying we, we all know that eating too late is not going to like magically make anything stored as fat. Like all that's been debunked. It's about energy expenditure, you know, whatever your macro breakdown is like having the right amount of fuel. That being said, eating too late is not a great idea from a digestive stress standpoint. Like there is a circadian rhythm to the digestive system And at night when the body's wanting to slow down, um, it does not want to be hammered with a lot of food. I think we've all kind of experienced what it's like to have a huge meal, like really late at night, then try to go to bed. You're hot and you're sweaty. You might have some indigestion. You're not sleeping as well. And this is like a very well, you can do the experiment for yourself. Eat a ton of food right before you go to bed. You're not going to sleep as well, period. So, you know, and and going back to what I was saying earlier, that's one other, uh, you know, data point that I did change a little bit. I tried to finish my food by about seven now. Yes. Where in the past I was eating right up until bed. Same. 
I figured yeah. that out too. But I think, and, and maybe you can get away with it and you're in your 20s. And maybe you can get away with it in your 30s. But as you go like higher up, like that, be, it almost becomes a truism. <laughs> like it, it will impact your sleep. And it's, it's definitely, I feel it's optimal to, to keep it earlier. So what I actually do um, is have dinner right around that six, seven. I will brush my teeth afterwards, oh, which is my way of saying like, that's a good I'm, one. I'm, I'm done for the day. Yeah. yeah, I'm done for the day. So I brush my teeth. Not to say I won't have like some evening tea or something like that. Doesn't it doesn't taste as good. It's like having orange juice after. Yeah, you there you go. Yeah, that's part of it. But it's also part of it's like the laziness of do I really want to like, do I want that little bit of whatever to have to really rebrush my teeth like over again? You know, I don't know. But like there's, there's a couple of magics to that little trick. But I, I do that. Um, and then let's just say I do do a similar thing, watching the Monopoly documentary, doing some Netflix with the wife or working or whatever. Um, one thing that I think is important is I have a little chair next to my, in my bedroom and it has a, a nice little blank on it, comfortable straight back chair. I will sit down for at least, it doesn't matter about the time, but it's five minutes plus and I'll just sit there and do a little meditation. It could be as simple as meditation. It could be prayer for you, but just sit there with a straight up spine in a chair so you don't need to like worry about stretching your hips out to get in a proper meditation posture, something simple right near your bed when you're ready for bed. Sit there and just be with your breath and relax the system and just release any of that stuff that's happening happen through, through the day. It's almost like that mental shower. Um, I think it's very, very, very helpful because, it, because then you hop, do hop into bed and it eases you into a deeper sleep easier because the mind is brought to a state of rest. Like you're a meditator. So you know that like after you meditate, you feel very good. You feel like your body may feel a little tingly. You feel very present, calm and focused. You feel that it's like everything's okay. And then you go throughout your day and that kind of afterglow effect comes with you for a while. We can kind of do this in a small dose before bed. And it really does help improve sleep. So I'll typically shower before I go to bed. And then I, then I sit down in that chair and then I'm, then I'm hopping into bed. And if my wife and I are, you know, having intimate time or having sex, that'll happen all before this. And then this will be kind of like be my end of my end of the day kind of thing. Of course, if it happened and then she wants to have sex, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a no, it's never a no. So, all right. If, if, People are listening, they do a good job, they implement a little in the morning, they implement a little in the evening. Any other things that you would maybe sprinkle on throughout okay. the day? So let's say that, let's say the journaling thing resonated with you. And let's say we have this journal as like the tool. It sits on your nightstand and it ties together that morning and evening. Um, in, the, in the morning, it'll be something that you may write down your top three priorities for the day. And something just to keep you focused. So you've decided these are the things that no matter what, I really want to put some time and energy into. Maybe you write down a few affirmations. Maybe you write down a few things that you remember from your dreams. But that is like your consistent little journal notebook. And then it sits there on the nightstand for, the, for when you go to bed. You do your morning routine, which I think should consist of as a core, you know, moving your body, getting some fluids in there, ideally getting a little sunshine, some fresh air, breathing, and then you go on with, and then you, you have your, whatever you love to have in the morning in terms of a consumable thing, you have that afterwards. You go throughout your day, you kick ass. At the end of your day, when you're kind of winding down, you grab, you brush your teeth <laughs> after dinner, you grab that little book as you're gonna go to bed and you write down the things you accomplished today. So you close that loop and the things that you didn't, but you're gonna get to tomorrow. So what that does is very powerful and subtle. Like what that does is basically tells that active mind, hey, like I know 
what we're going to be getting to tomorrow, it's okay. We can kind of rest on this stuff. If you don't close those loops mentally, you're, you're just going to be ruminating on all those things. You can get a little closure even by just writing something down. Maybe you sit down on a chair or lie down in your bed and do five minutes of just being present with your body and you'll sleep better. So here's the stuff. Like you do this consistently every day, even for a little bit, it starts to change the way you think, starts to change the way your body feels, and it's a cumulative effect. First, first bit, it might even feel hard to get started on this stuff, but over time, it becomes near effortless and you become more effective during your day. You become more positive. The stuff that used to stress you out doesn't stress you out anymore. And then when you're at that kind of state, man, you just have so much capacity and you can get a lot more done because you're not worrying and not using all this mental energy on all the stuff that you used to. So it is possible. Um, and I think we're all at different stages of this based on what we've done in the past, but I know we can all move forward by doing these simple things. Yeah. And I love that idea of writing it down. It's something I've always done kind of create your to-do list for tomorrow because mm -hmm. otherwise, like you said, it's, it's on your mind and you're almost giving yourself permission to, Hey, we know we still have to do this, but you don't have to think about it. And exactly, there's a, I don't know if you heard of Josh Waskin. He's a chess pro and he would oftentimes purposely leave these subtle, you know, write those things down almost like a subtle loop because he felt like when he was sleeping, he would unlock some things that he mm. might not be able to do with the conscious mind. Yeah. So he was like a Bobby Fisher. He trained under Bobby Fisher. I've heard of That's him, awesome. Tim Ferriss and a few other places, but yeah, he, he would, you know, if you have a, you know, in our, in our world, you know, whether it's a fitness problem, a box owner problem, a member problem, kind of think about it a little bit. And then, you know, you might wake up and we've all had that, like that sudden, like, yeah. I got it, you know, yeah. usually, and they say where it happens often is the shower because you're not really thinking about anything else. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. It's like the subconscious processing's happening. So that's really good. Like close the loops on like the small little stuff. Like, ah, oh, man, I got to get back to that. Like that invoice that I didn't do or that email, like close the loops on small stuff, maybe open, leave that loop open on that big creative problem. I love that. So with all of this, like we said, we're giving a lot of tips to the listener. We have a lot of box owners and coaches. Maybe they have a grasp on it. Maybe they don't. But certainly, I think it's something they should be at least discussing with their members, right? Mm -hmm. Inside the walls of CrossFit, we often are just like, hey, thrusters, burpees, you know, pull-ups, mm -hmm. go. But we've realized, hey, nutrition has to be discussed because it's the foundation. And we realize sleep has to be discussed because it's vital for health. Mm -hmm. I think mindset is one of those things that also has to now be added to that. As a coach, how would you coach others in that role? Nice. Cool. What I would do is like, let's say you get a new member to your box or even your pre-existing members. I would like, I would develop based on what we shared here, like your version of that initial like intake values mission thing. So imagine you have a new person coming to your box. They're excited to try CrossFit. Their friends have tried it and they believe it'll really help them improve their fitness, their well-being. They want to be a part of the community. Like first off, get them to write down like their exploration of what their values are and how doing CrossFit and how being a part of this is going to support them in that. So they start to make these connections with the big picture where it's like they see that CrossFit's going to support them in all areas of their lives and the being at their box is going to do that. So that helps them build those stronger neuro associations. And you can either keep that for them in maybe it's like a, a client folder that you have that you review with them once a quarter 
or or maybe they take it home with them and that's something that they hold. That would be like there would be some kind of intake aspect that helps connect the client to their deeper values and CrossFit. Then the next thing I would probably do is develop a template basically based on what we just discussed that you can give these people either as like a PDF download or maybe you hand them like a little folder where it's something they can do that is like their morning evening system. Like, so you can be like at box ABC, we believe how you start and end your day is just as important as what you do in the middle. So here's what we do as a part of our culture in the morning, we write down the three things that we want to do. Well, well, in the morning we do our routine, we move our bodies, we rehydrate and we get high quality fuel. Those are your three check marks. And we also write down the three things we want to get after today. And at the end of the day, we do the recap. So maybe you had like an AM PM little journal template. You can make it in word. It'd be so easy, but it gives your clients and your, your box members structure that they can follow. And it ties them. It ties you into their life as a part of their overall rhythms, not just their fitness solution. So what we found, cause we coach people completely online and we have literally tens of thousands of clients. So the only thing we have, cause we don't have them with us is we have templates. Like we just make these like PDFs or templates and stuff like that. That's how we've been, we've had to communicate with people because we don't have the in-person, but this is where I think like in-person box owners, you guys have an even better opportunity because you have the in-person time, but now you got to develop like the offline kind of stuff or like those, those other resources to help them when they're not with you. And I think pushing in that direction and developing this system be so cool to get like this welcome package from you when you come in and they get their journaling system and all that. And Hey, some people are going to do it more than others, but overall I think creating the culture of that will help everyone. Yeah. I love that idea for box owners. Like, Hey, create a form, put your, you know, logo on it, yes, watermark exactly. it, you know, give, give them one even and say, Hey, make copies of this. Or even it, it's not that hard these days to make a, a journal itself. You know, maybe mm -hmm. that's something they give out with, with their membership, it probably costs you $12. Exactly. But if you give that $12 journal to a member, chances are they're staying longer. So you're mm -hmm. going to get that back. And maybe it includes workout space. Maybe it includes nutrition. So all of a sudden they're thinking about what they're eating. They're thinking about what they're doing outside of the box because we've, we've all heard the expression, or at least I have, where I say, you know, I only have you for an hour and you have the other 23 hours to completely mess all of that up. Mm -hmm. And we often think about it only in the role of nutrition, but you can have a bad, I, I have members at the gym. You just hear them as, as you develop a more positive mindset, you hear when other people don't have it. Mm -hmm. It's that subtle negative self-talk. Maybe it comes off as I'm joking, but you know, I, I think when I hear someone do that, I'm like, would you say that to somebody else? And they're like, no, well, why are you saying it to yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and get this too. If we're being honest, People that come to a CrossFit box, they want to live healthy. They're paying more than they could to go down the street to Planet Fitness, to join a more complex and comprehensive system because they believe it's going to really help them. So they're pretty committed, right? Now, what they eat during the day, they're going to want to eat healthy foods because they want to get results and they know these things are tied. The reason that they don't eat healthy foods is because of their life stressors. It's because of their busyness, their stress, and any negative emotions. Like that's why people do that. They feel like, screw it, I'm too busy, gotta get fast food. Or I'm stressed, I binge eat the cookies at night. Like so, if you can actually help your clients get a better 
handle on their emotional mental well-being, which we're kind of calling mindset here for the purpose of discussion, then the other 23 hours are much better managed. And I truly believe it's far less like the tactics around nutrition. Yes, there's good systems like teaching them how to do some meal prep or helping them like pave the path to success, all good stuff. But if you can teach them how to be more positive, positive people who go to CrossFit are going to eat healthier. They don't need to, you to tell them they should probably eat salmon versus the pizza. Like they know that it's, it's not a lack of information. It's a lack of maybe emotional stability. It's a bigger part of nutrition than I think we make things out to be. And so I, what I'm trying to say is this stuff makes those 23 hours a lot more consistent for your members and they're going to get better results because you, as, as you know, like they could do the great workouts, but if they're screwing things up with bad nutrition as a byproduct of them not managing stress and having an unhealthy mindset, they're not going to get results. And then they're going to quit after a few months. So the flip side of that is we help them nail this aspect. They eat healthier. They're going to stick around because their results are going to be augmented and they're going to feel like CrossFit is the positive anchor that has brought them all this. And that's the goal really. Yeah. And you know, my partner and I, we recently spoke about marketing internally first. And these are all things you don't necessarily have to just give it all away for free. You can have a nutrition program that you talk about. You can have a mindset course or mindset chats every so often. You could do all of these things as upsells in your box if you wanted to, or just charge a premium and then know that it's all included. But if all you do is fitness in your box, it is a matter of time before people are like, hey, for $20, I can do this myself. Mm -hmm. Where like you said, if it's the anchor of their day where they equate mindset, nutrition, stress, fitness, all to the same location, all of a sudden you have a member that's going to stick around and $200 a month sounds like nothing to them. Yeah, totally. Really well said. And my personal philosophy is I think this stuff's so fundamental. It would be a mistake to gate some of this stuff behind a price tag. What I mean by that is give them these systems as a, this would be my take as a, as a businessman, give them these systems as a part of them coming a part of, of your membership. You can sell them advanced trainings on mindset. Like they will buy a several hundred dollar, some people will, a several hundred dollar mindset deep dive. Just because you give them some of this stuff does not mean they will probably be more likely to want to go deeper with you into a course, into a seminar. I think it'd be a big mistake to nickel and dime someone for 10 to 15 extra dollars when getting them on the stuff could help them stick for on an average one more month, which is 200 bucks, right? So um, yeah, I think this stuff's really, really important. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for everyone listening to this to do this with their clients. I love it. So really with mindset, you know, it's, it's, it's a full day affair. You can, mm -hmm. you can make some big progress in the morning. You can't ignore the evening or the middle of the day. Anything else you would throw on top of what we've discussed? Yeah, I, I, think, that, I think that when it comes to the middle of the workday itself, like working, working with this whole conversation's really been about awareness. Like how can we add more awareness to our values to our patterns and create routines that helps us maintain that awareness. So during the middle of the chaos of the day, I think it's a good idea to like actually know and, and consciously choose what you're doing this hour. Like, so this hour I am working on this particular thing, check, like maybe set a timer, do it for the hour. And then you have like to, you can get to make another conscious choice of what you're going to be working on next. Cause if you don't start to do these more checking in, okay, what am I doing? 
Is this what I should be doing? Then you find yourself down the Facebook, Instagram rabbit hole, or you found that you're in the email inbox and you shouldn't have been because you actually said in the morning that you were going to be working on this other thing. So even taking like little breaks at the end of your, you know, 50 minute work block to like take a few deep breaths and like ask yourself the, the next decision, like what next that creates intention. And if we could do this and ultimately, here's what I would say. If we could ultimately do this at every single moment of our lives, which would be like the ultimate, like it truly be like enlightenment in the sense of like living completely present with this whole flow of the experience. And we don't get there automatically, but we get there through uh, making those check-ins of awareness more frequent. So structure helps with that morning routine, evening routine structure helps with that during the day. Can you structure your work in a way that you work for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute little like reflection, take a few breaths. What's what's next on the docket. That's going to help make this stuff more intention instead of this automatic unconscious. We're stuck in these kind of habits and behaviors that many of us find ourselves in. Yeah. And I know the, there's the Pomodoro. Yeah. I use that. Where, you know, typically it's about 25, but yeah, 25, you do 50. Five, yeah. in the CrossFit world, they could Tabata it. And it maybe, <laughs> maybe not 20 seconds, but 20 minutes on, you know, 10 minutes off. I, I think that's great. And, something you reminded me of is, you know, Jocko always says discipline equals freedom. And along with writing down some goals I have for the next day, what I try to do is Sundays, look at the rest of my week. Yeah. And I try to plan it out and I'll plug in my workout time. I'll plug in my meditation time. I'll plug in walk the dog time because that discipline allows me to make sure it happens. It allows me to not put other, because if not something will fill that time. Yeah. I do the exact same thing. And it's probably not by mistake. We both kind of stumbled into this, right? Because you're making powerful decisions ahead of time that are in your best interest. And then when you're there during the day, you know, you have these cues to get going on things. So that pre-plan on Sunday, huge. It's kind of like the exact same thing as that pre-plan in the morning, or it's kind of the same thing as closing the loop at the end of the, the, the day. So it, it's a beautiful, it's kind of like an artistic philosophical concept, but it's like a beautiful thing. Like each day, is a morning and an evening and there is this beautiful like tie up that we have with it each week is the same exact thing you have that time to reflect on sunday what went good what didn't close the loops plan the ones for the next thing each year of our lives or each month could be the same exact thing each year could be the same thing and i think if you take this concept and extend it out you can really create an intentional life if you do this and extend this out and you do this for 50 years you'll be amazed at the kind of life you can create for yourself and all the joy and the people you can help and the money you can make and all the things. But it really just comes down to, to being intentional and that requires making the time to do this reflection. I love it. That's really, what a, what a way to tie a bow on that with mindset. Yeah. You know, re really it is all about being intentional and I love the idea of those bookends. And yeah, well, I think oftentimes we think of bookends really for a day, maybe for a week, maybe yearly you know more like one you'd have one bookend for the year it's typically january 1st where no mm -hmm. one thinks about what goes on december 31st mm -hmm. but yeah i love that idea and and that's really with tm for example you're supposed to meditate twice a day for 20 minutes once in the morning once in the evening and it's kind of the same principle yes. to bookend that day before activity after activity mm -hmm. and and i think that's a that's a great summation there so cool. Love chatting with you. Yeah, likewise. Re remind people where they can find you, please. So 
my team and I, we run the Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project. So those website URLs are fitfatherproject.com, fitmotherproject.com. And we also have a lot of YouTube videos. So you can look us up, Fit Father Project on YouTube or Fit Mother Project on YouTube. And so we, although we're not CrossFit coaches, we're not quite cool enough yet, but I'm so very excited in these conversations. I got to get there. I know we'll get there one you day. Use the term "box" a couple of times today. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got, I have a friend who was called roommate Nils Dahl. I think he's like a really good CrossFit guy on the East Coast. Anyways, shout out to Nils. Um, so yeah, we 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 help basically your average mom and dad get back in shape. We do metabolic resistance training workouts, similar ish to CrossFit, a little less technical with some of the lifts. And we help them get simple, sustainable nutrition eating plans. And I, I said this last time I was on, um, but I know there's so many people listening to this who know a ton. Maybe know more about mindset, nutrition, and training than both of us, which is amazing. We are always looking for people who are excited um, about kind of like our fit father and fit mother mission. We do all of our stuff online. We have over 30,000 clients in over 100 countries, and we, like, we need help. We need skilled people who want to get on board with the mission too. So that's my shameless plug. If you like, like what I shared in this kind of mindset stuff, and if you're not running a box and you have some time and you are a trainer and you think you kind of fit this ethos, like, we'd love to talk with you. There's contact forms on our sites um, that you can fill out, and we'd, we'd love to have more people join our team. Yeah, and hopefully I had some people reach out last time. If you're listening to this podcast and you didn't listen to – the first one with the doctor on, go back a couple weeks, check that out. We talked a little bit more about your journey and your, you know, your degree and also your fit father and fit mother project. So definitely check that out. Coaching, coaching is coaching. And I think as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, for the right people, it, it's all good. So definitely follow up with the doctor here. Thank you. All right. Well, no, I, I always love talking mindset because for me, it just reinforces it. So it's always selfish of me. Every time I speak to someone, it reinforces it. It gets me thinking about it. And now I'll be even stronger. You, you said some things that really resonated and, and definitely got me thinking. So I appreciate it. I'm actually going to try to get a quick 20-minute walk. It's still sunny out there. Do it. I'm gonna get some of that sun in my eyes so I get some melatonin later. Yeah. And, uh, and I appreciate you for coming back on. Well, I'm sure Likewise. we'll have you back on again. Thanks for having me. I always love these talks. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Best hour of their day.